I have a sister. She's one of my loyal readers. She's also younger than me. When we were kids, she was active, popular, artistic, and had an effortlessly cool style. I was always more withdrawn with my nose behind a book, an unwillingness to talk to people, and a style that included ill-fitting pants and even more ill-fitting sweaters and or windbreakers, like I was going to hike in the 90s at any moment. She's one of my best friends now, but during my squishy pants days, we did not get along. It's the same for Claudia and Janine. Claudia is the cool younger sister, and Janine is the stuffy older sister. In this book, the sisters have to confront their differences and their strained relationship after a family emergency. Let's get to it. I'm eager to use this YA book from 1987 to figure out my strained teenage sibling relationship. This is rereading my childhood, The Babysitter's Club number 7, Claudia and Mean Janine. First thing in the morning, Claudia compares herself to Janine. Her older sister, smart, gets good grades, doesn't give anyone trouble, and studies all the time. Meanwhile, Claudia is outgoing, artistic, and brags about her two semi-boyfriends, which I'm assuming means they're interested, but they're not steady. I don't think she means boyfriends who are semis rolling down the interstate, shipping cargo across this great nation. We learn that Claudia's father is a partner in an investment business in Stanford, and her mother is the head librarian at the local public library. Claudia says that the only books she likes are Nancy Drew mysteries, which the library doesn't have and she has to hide them because her parents don't want her reading them. What kind of library doesn't carry Nancy Drew? Don't they just come with the library? You say, hey, I want a library and suddenly those distinctive yellow spines appear on a shelf. Also, what kind of librarian discourages reading? Every librarian I've ever interacted with, and I've interacted with a lot, weirdo bookworm, remember? has been happy to give me any book I've ever asked for, including the Encyclopedia. Real book, by the way. When I put it on hold at the library, the librarian did a double take before saying out loud, Oh, it's really Encyclopedia, huh? Back to the book. After breakfast, there's a BSC meeting. Christy gets another great idea that sets up the B-plot of the book. Since most of the kids are on summer vacation, they should start a playgroup a la the one they just held in Christy's big day. We could hold a playgroup a few mornings a week. It could be indoors, in somebody's yard, just like last week at my house. We could tell all our regular customers about it and they could send their kids over anytime they wanted. We could charge, say, $3 per kid per morning. That's a bargain for our clients. And even divided five ways, the money should be good for us. Since chances are there won't be enough jobs for every single one of us to be sitting if we weren't holding a playgroup. The day camp is to be held at Stacy's house, and the next day the girls go from client to client armed with flyers and the slogan, Summer Playgroup, the unique alternative to babysitting. Later that night, Mimi and Claudia are making a special meal of waffles, and they talk about the impending playgroup. Janine joins them for dinner and afterward asks if they all want to play the trivia game. Mimi wants to play, but Claudia reluctantly joins. Claudia spends the whole game griping, thinks Janine made up Napoleon Bonaparte, and gets mad when Janine predictably wins the game. Mimi tells her that Claudia's behavior wasn't very nice, and Claudia replies, Oh, you just take Janine's side because she's smarter than I am. Mom and Dad love her more because she's smarter, and I bet you do too. Mimi says she's tired, goes to her room, and shuts her door. Claudia and Janine snipe at each other for a bit, but it comes to an abrupt end when they hear a thud from Mimi's room. Mimi has collapsed and is unconscious, and Janine instructs Claudia to call 911 while she covers Mimi with a bathrobe. Then she tells Claudia to wait outside for the ambulance and to guide them to Mimi's room when they arrive. Mimi had suffered a stroke. She's in stable but critical condition, but it won't be for 24 to 48 hours before they know the extent of the damage to her brain. The doctors suggest the Kishi family go home and return later. Despite Mimi's emergency, Claudia still goes to the first playgroup. She lets the other members of the BSC know what's going on with Mimi. 
Marianne almost cries, and they suggest that the kids make get well soon cards for Mimi. Ten kids attend the first playgroup, including David Michael, Jamie Newton, and to everyone's surprise, Jenny Prezioso. The little girl shows up in her usual attire, dressed as if she were a museum exhibit about Victorian-era dolls. And of course, the girl wants to play with the other kids, but she can't because her dress will get dirty, but she doesn't want to change into a smock because then she won't be dressed pretty. Ugh. I will take the Netflix original series character Bailey over this frustrating one any day. When Mimi finally wakes up, the whole Kishi clan goes to see her. For Claudia, it does not go well. Mimi can't speak. All she can do is a blank stare. Claudia is unable to handle Mimi and rushes out of the room. Eventually, Claudia tries again, this time coming up with a system of blinks. One for yes, two for no. This is more successful and Claudia apologizes for her behavior before Mimi's collapse. When they get home, Janine retreats to her room. Claudia sees her sister possibly crying while drowning out the sound with the pounding of a keyboard. During the next playgroup, Jenny, once again, refuses to wear the smock. Meanwhile, Karen is telling everyone about their next-door neighbor Morbida Destiny slash Mrs. Porter, who put a spell on Andrew, and he's going to become a monster. The kids count down to Andrew's transformation. Of course, nothing happens, and it was just a goof, but Jenny is convinced that Andrew is a monster. The BSC asks him to tell Jenny to put on the smock to protect herself from him. Jenny throws on the smock without question. The Kishis visit Mimi again. This time, she's able to wave and write a little bit. However, she is writing Japanese, but it's in Romaji. It's very strange. If she were reverting to her native language, wouldn't she writing kanji or hiragana? She writes kodomo, which means children, but wouldn't she write kodomo in hiragana? This is peculiar. Again, the Netflix television series handles this situation beautifully. I highly recommend the show, but I can't really recommend Netflix. And they canceled the show anyway, so, I mean, like, take that for what it is. There is some good news. Mimi is coming home. Unfortunately, Claudia has to miss the playgroup because Mimi needs constant care. Claudia takes the opportunity to help Mimi without reservation. At the playgroup, Christy brings Louis and the kids give him a chaotic bubble bath. Mimi is having trouble speaking English, to which I say just let the woman speak in Japanese. Jeez. While Claudia is sad to leave the playgroup, Mimi is more important to her and she is in the best position to help Mimi. There is a moment when Claudia babysits for the noons and has Marianne take care of Mimi in her stead. Marianne is being pedantic and Mimi blows up at her. Marianne is shocked because Mimi has never raised her voice. Marianne gives her some space, not too much, she can't be alone, and they reconcile at the end of the chapter. In a later event, the noons hire the BSC as hired guests for Lucy's christening and we finally have a Claudia outfit. I chose a new outfit, one I liked a lot. It was a big loose white shirt with black splotches all over it and white pants that come just below my knees. My shoes, and I might point out that I had a fight with mom over permission to buy them, were dainty gold sandals that laced partway up my legs. And then I put on my pink flamingo earrings and a pink bracelet that said Claudia in heart-shaped beads. Finally, I braided my hair into four long braids, tied a ribbon around the top of each, and fastened the ends with butterfly clips capris and gladiator sandals. Fantastic. During the christening, Lucy receives constant attention and Jamie gets jealous. I'm not sure what made me look up to see who was holding Lucy at the moment, but I did and I couldn't see anyone holding her. So I scanned the yard and saw that she'd been placed in her bouncy walker chair. 
She was sitting by one end of the food table next to a half-empty pitcher of fruit punch that had been left out. As I watched, Jamie spotted both Lucy and the punch. He darted toward her, lifted the pitcher, and I ran across the yard as fast as I could, knowing I could never reach them in time. I could just picture Lucy's beautiful gown all stained with red punch. Jamie, I shouted, no! But before the words had actually left my mouth, Jamie was putting the pitcher back on the table. And by the time I got to him, he was tickling Lucy's bare feet. Jamie, I gasped. I thought you were going to pour that punch on your sister. Jamie looked at me guiltily. I was, he said. But I changed my mind. How come, I asked. Jamie shrugged and then frowned. Because I love her, he said at last. She is my sister. Claudia equates her relationship to Janine with Jamie and Lucy. Even though he's upset that Lucy is getting all the attention, he still loves her because they only have each other. Finally, Janine and Claudia have a good long talk. Claudia says that everyone likes Janine because she doesn't cause trouble and does well in school, while Janine says that everyone likes Claudia because she's popular and charming, and Janine can't connect with people the same way. The sisters realize what every set of siblings has to realize eventually. You only have each other. No one else will be able to relate to you in the same way that your sibling will. How to deal with your parents, how to deal with peers, how to deal with a life of inescapable cyclical tragedy, from terrorism to financial collapse to the pandemic to another financial collapse, uh, more pandemic, uh, more pandemic, more pandemic. Ugh. My sister and I had to go through the same growing pains that Claudia and Janine and Jamie and Lucy have to experience. When there's only the two of you, there's no one else to diffuse familial tension with, so that creates animosity. Combine that with teenage angst and it can be explosive, or, as is the case with my sister and me, passive-aggressive. Claudia and Janine will get through this the same way Alyssa and I did. We had to grow the fuck up.